Welcome to the Osteo Connection, the number one podcast for osteopaths looking to expand their minds and improve their practice. I'm Kevin Longpray. I'm Jason Turnbull. And I'm Dr. Sean Landry. And if you're new here, welcome. This show is dedicated to bridging the gap between your formal education and real-world practice success. Join us every week where we share our combined 50 years of practice experience, talk tips, strategies, and interview rock stars in the business. Welcome back to the OC, the Osteo Connection. I'll be your host for today, Jason Turnbull. Glad to be here. Flying solo with me today, actually, is Kevin Longpre. Jason. Nice to be here. It's, it's great to be here. Oh, it feels so much nicer when uh, there's just this room around us and like this, yeah. just there's... So much more breathing room. Much more breathing room. Yeah. Sean takes up a lot of space. Yeah. I think it's his hair. Great guy, but just a lot of space. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably it. Yeah. So it's only fitting that we have to kind of just be on him a little bit with all his holidays he's taken lately. But yeah. So anyway, today we're going to change it up a bit. So as m- you know, anyone who's been listening to us for quite some time has hopefully seen that we're starting to you know, get more get more traction with our podcast, being a little more consistent with getting them out. And, uh, and because of that, we're, we're getting some more comments from our listeners. So we thought, uh, a few weeks ago, we thought we'd do a segment called Ask, Ask Me Anything or Ask Us Anything. Uh, and it's just a chance for people to write things in, whether it's through Facebook, uh, at Advanced Mentorship for Osteopaths, uh, here directly at the Osteo Connection on our podcast, uh, on our website, osteomentorship.com or on LinkedIn, uh, just anywhere you guys want to reach us to ask us some questions. And, uh, and so we thought it'd be a nice kind of, um, you know, a little segue, something a little different than we normally do, but just to, to respond to a few questions. So we've had a few, we're going to just take three today, I think, cause I think as we get talking, Kev likes to talk a lot. So we'll probably <laughs> be here for a long time. Uh, right. thank God Sean's not here cause, uh, I'd have to cancel some clients for tomorrow, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, we figured we, we have a few questions. We had some from some of our listeners and we're going to take a stab at kind of responding to them and, and hopefully, uh, uh, provide some clarity and maybe a couple little tidbits that maybe hasn't been covered previously in other podcasts to, uh, to help out, to help our listeners, to help anyone who's struggling in practice or who wants to scale their practice or whatnot. So Kev, I'm going to, uh, well first, I guess I'm jumping the gun too fast. Uh, how was your weekend? Because oh, we wow. usually do that Jeez, segment, man. and I just that's very true. Went right yeah, into you jumped right on it, eh? right into business. Uh, the weekend was good. Well, we got the golf on Saturday. That was great. That's nice. Thank God so we went out early because it was hot. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a warm one. No, other than that, time with the family. Uh, it was nothing more uh, exciting than that, really. That's okay. That's a good weekend. Yeah, it was pretty pretty chill. Um, yeah, one of my daughters had a soccer game, so ended up going to that. Obviously, because I'm coaching, so <laughs> <laughs> can't really bail on that one. Was she excelled at, as I heard? Yeah, she did well. She had a good game, yeah, for sure. It was, a, it was a rough one. Yeah. But well, uh, they get older, too, right? There's a little more... Uh, it's like girls get nasty when they start getting to, like, that 13, 14-year-old uh, yeah. age. It's, uh, it's Yeah. Anyways, so that was good. Um, had some friends over on Sunday after, and yeah, it was great. Nice. Yeah. I'm not a big soccer guy, but I remember covering a... Uh, uh, men and men's and women's soccer team in a town I used to work in when I first graduated and you know guys being guys they all had uh, different nicknames for each other and one guy who was super super nice guy really uh, really nice to me and I'm in a new guy in town I'm going to a small town right so small towns can be very clicky I know because I grew up in one yeah and so but he was really open hey nice to see you I heard great things from your from your cousin and all that stuff 
and uh, his name was Wes. But on the field, everyone called him Pins. I'm like, I don't, you know, some I feel like I can figure out. I'm like, Pins, I don't get it. Oh, that was a couple of years ago when he uh, stomped on someone's ankle and he needed to get to surgery on his ankle. He had to get a bunch of pins put in. I'm like, oh. Nice. <laughs> so not so calm on the field then, I guess. Right. It's <laughs> not like the, the hockey, uh, classic hockey uh, nicknames where you just add an I at the end of everyone's name. Exactly. <laughs> or, or an ER, like Stammer. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Nice. Shorzy. Shout out to Shorzy. All right. So listen, I'm going to fart over you, Kev. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so first question in from one of our listeners is, how do you build trust, especially early on in your career? Mm. It's a great yeah. question. Yeah, this is a great question. This is a huge one because when you start out in, in, in this profession, you know, like you're coming out of school, you, you, you've learned so many different techniques and evaluation skills and things like that. And, but uh, again, you know, it's kind of tough to come out of school and be, I guess, 100% confident in what you're doing because you haven't really done it before. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think we had an advantage just that having treated before we even finished osteopathy because of another degree. So you, you, you kind of had a, a head start on, again, what the main, main issue is with, with building trust with people is how you communicate with them, right? So Exactly. <clears throat> Uh, as much as, you know, you could say that you're coming out of school, so you don't have that much experience, but, you know, at the end of the day, you want to keep it simple. You want to, you want to look at the person in front of you and realize like this person's coming in because they have some essential needs in terms of dealing with the pain they're going through with, uh, perhaps some dysfunction that's related to that. So, um, the key part is keeping it simple, you know, like you want to build a good, uh, set of communication skills. Uh, that you would repeat with every client coming in on how do you build trust with them is very simple. It's you, you have to learn how to communicate with these clients in a way to reassure them one uh, of what we've talked about in the past. Like these, let's say these four questions that people will always have, right? So, you know, number one is like, well, what's wrong with me? Number two would be, how do we fix it? How long is this going to take? And how much will it cost? Those are four main questions that we'll often hear. So the way to handle this is to try and answer all these things before they even ask you. Exactly. You know, so if someone's coming in and and they're not uh, particularly um, knowledgeable about how the body works and how, and you know, how is it that all of a sudden I started developing back pain? It's our job to educate them. This is what the three E's we always talk about. This is what this is geared towards. How do you, you know, educate that person, reassure them, uh, empower them, um, um, and get them engaged in the process? Well, you really got to show them the roadmap to how they're going to heal. So if you can do that, then the trust building uh, is going to be a no-brainer. Like, they're going to buy in right away because you've answered everything they basically needed to know. And they're not leaving here with any unanswered questions where they're like, oh my God, I hopefully this works. I have no idea what they're doing because they just put their hands on me and didn't really do anything. So especially <laughs> in our profession where there are some techniques that where we have to explain ourselves, um, you really got to be a good communicator. So I think that's the, you know, uh, probably a good start. I totally agree. Coming I mean, out of the gates. You're pretty spot on with the three E's thing. I mean, if you're looking at trust, if you can engage with someone, you can educate and you can empower, one, empower them, it's hard not to think you're going to gain their trust, right? So yep. 
Uh, I think the same way. I mean, <clears throat> this question, I'm you know, not sure where they are. Early on in your career makes me think this person's most likely younger. I know some people study osteo a little later in life too, which is awesome. But the majority, let's say, are starting a little younger. So I know for me, when I came into working in a clinic, I had never made much more than minimum wage before. So for me to go out and then actually receive like better pay, I always felt like, oh my gosh, am I deserving of this? Like I felt uh, like I wasn't point. really an expert yet. So I think the big thing is, is to realize that how far you've come, if you've graduated and you've you know written your board exams and you're done, no matter who's walking into that clinic to see you, they expect that you're the expert and you are the expert. Mm -hmm. So you have to show up and be one. So I think this makes me think of going back to those episodes we did on like becoming a pro, sure. like looking the part and feeling the part. And like Kev said, it's communicating. You know, we, we all go to school and learn these fancy Latin terms for anatomy and all these different ways we can, we, we've learned about the body and it's so much depth, but then we have to learn how to kind of, you know, dumb it down a little bit for the lay person. And I think that's so, so important is to just share your knowledge. Um, it comes as no surprise to me now, but it, it, everybody who's in, into your office that wants to see you, they all want to learn about their body. Even if they don't think they do initially, once you start educating them and teach them how their body works and the interrelationships between systems and how muscle functions with muscle testing or whatnot, however you can grab their attention that you can show them, you know, this is what I can do. This is how we can move forward together as a team. It's hard not to think that you're going to gain some trust and that you're going to have this raving fan of, of the way they felt and the way you take care of them when they come in to see you. I think that's a great point you bring up because I think the, the one key factor is that. It's like if you can show that person coming in how passionate you are about what you do by, and you don't, you would never, like one comment I've gotten a lot of is that, oh, you tend to explain a lot. You know, so, oh, what do you mean by that? I said, well, I've seen some people in the past and they didn't really explain it to me and I didn't really understand what was going on. So, and then I would like to say, like, that's why you're here. That's right, yeah. Like, sure. I get kind of like, ugh, like I've, when I have that too in my office, I'm like, yeah. It's not how we work. Like, I can't imagine going to, you know, pay someone for treatments and you don't know what's going wrong with sure. you and you've got no exercises to do. Like, yeah. Mm. So they really need to feel like if you could, obviously, you know, you're in the right place in the right profession when, when it's just easy to talk about your job because you just love it. Right. So right. if you do that, anybody's going to see that and they're going to feel that much more comfortable with you because they're like, man, this, this person's really into what they're doing. So, okay, I'm going to listen. Yep. So that's a that's a really good point you're bringing up. Um, let's jump to question number two. Sure. Okay. Absolutely. I can uh, I can read this one to you here. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I was gonna say something stupid, but I'm gonna keep that to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Probably best. Yeah. Um, how do you respond when a client calls the clinic the day after a treatment, and the day after their visit, and they're not feeling any better or they're perhaps feeling worse Ooh, that's a good one too that's right okay so listen uh i'll jump on that one then um yeah so this unfortunately happens to all of us right uh we term that here in uh, in our clinic anyway we term that the rebound effect um so obviously i i take the phone call or i i call this person back when i have a chance between clients or at lunchtime and i discuss um so usually the way i discuss it is it's what I call a rebound effect. Happens maybe one every once every I don't know three months maybe let's say once every four months where someone will call in saying they're not they're feeling worse after the day after we saw them, and I explain that to them that most likely what's happened is that whatever we've done 
um, I failed or we failed to integrate their body properly post-treatment. That I didn't get a chance and their body's having a hard time now integrating when they're gone. Um, and so they struggle. So particularly after you do maybe more of a structural correction, like a big second degree dysfunction somewhere or whatever, that this is maybe a little more common. Mm -hmm. um, what I usually tell them is I ask them how they're feeling, what's going on. I discuss with them, I think, a few things they can try at home. But I don't bring them right back in right away. Uh, I have a kind of a rule that I say this rebound effect, if it occurs, usually only lasts 24 to 72 hours and then their body will find a way through it. And hopefully I can help them on the phone that first day of how to kind of um, accelerate that process, if you will. Yeah. Um, if, but then I do instruct them that if this continues more than 72 hours after I saw you, please call back and I will slide them in somewhere at the end of my day or somewhere to take a look to make sure that we, something that kind of moves forward. But I would say that happens like less than, if this happens once every three to four months, I get that call. I slide them back in three days later, once every three years. Like it doesn't happen very often. Right. It's, it's really just, it's really just communicating, um, helping them understand, calming them down, reassuring them. This is sometimes a normal part of therapy. You have a normal part of a, yeah. of a structural correction, but then, you know, educate them. So remember that stretch. So maybe do that stretch a little more often than we discussed yesterday. Uh, I would ice that area. Like, I, I give them some other prompts to help them kind of accelerate that process out of it. But sure. more importantly, I, I reassure them through communication that it's a lack of integration. Their body's struggling with the change that we created. But if you give it time, it will do so. Yeah, that's great. The, this is an important one because this is going to happen quite a bit, probably for a few reasons, right? So like for those of you listening that are having issues with perhaps that this happening more frequently than you'd like, there's a few things for sure you have to think of. Number one is you're either doing way too much in one treatment. Good, good call. Okay. So that that is a, a clear sign that the, you've given too much to the body to handle. Uh, and it might have that type of effect where they're going to be really sore the next day. Uh, so the, the, that whole integrative um, process is very difficult when the body has to kind of, uh, you know, integrate all these different things you've done to it that are far beyond what it could possibly handle, let's say. Yep, in one session. So remember, keep things simple. Get the f basics going on the first visit. You know, you really want to make sure that the body gets in a state where it, it can, especially in chronic issues and things like that, that people have been in pain for a long time or they've had issues for many, many years and now they're finally getting to it. Uh, you don't want to throw the whole kitchen sink at them because they are not going to be happy. It's going to feel like a bus hit them. Uh, so that's one big one. Two is what you uh, uh, mentioned was like maybe not a proper integration at the at the end mm -hmm. to allow that system to uh, kind of get used to what we've done and a new positioning and a new uh, fluidity in the body to whatever you're working on, right? So that's, that's a great point, Jay. Uh, and then again, like I was saying, the chronic issues. So like chronic issues are very uh, important to make sure that you, you know, uh, take baby steps with them, explaining, you know, listen, this is why it's lasted so long. Uh, a lot of that, again, is I think why they, there is a panic too is, is because they don't quite understand what's happening. So for sure, before they leave on out of the office on that first visit, you want to kind of maybe even just hint like listen you've been like this for a long time we just kind of did some basic stuff today because if we do a little bit too more too much yeah. uh you're not gonna like it that's right you know so then if they do wake up at the night don't you know you might want to expect a little bit of discomfort tomorrow just because your muscles are going to react and 
So maybe go for a walk or exactly. drink yeah. a lot of water. So try and cover your bases before they even leave, before they make that call the next day, right? Yep. So, but again, so those are some things that to keep in mind um, uh, to make sure that we can decrease the amount of rebound effect that happens when people leave your office. Yeah, great point. I, I agree with that, especially the first one. A lot of times, especially early in your career, and we have some therapists that still do that here once in a while with that first start. You know, we see people for an hour, but they've got them in their office for an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and 20 minutes, because they they want to feel like this client's getting value, so they do too much. That's right. But then either you get, you get you know, the, the effect of the rebound effect where they're in pain or less less kind of progress anyway because their body's trying to deal with too much change at the same time That's especially right. if you're going from structural to like a fluidic thing or an energetic thing like yeah. your body you're just asking for your the body to struggle to kind of put that all together right absolutely great all right so uh last one how about uh how do you guys get your clients to take part in optimization or maintenance care Ooh, steven from perth Ooh. ontario nice love it <laughs> Stepan, <laughs> Steph, Stepan, Stepan. I think Steph. it is the pronunciation. Mm. Um, say that again. <laughs> so, how do you? <laughs> you're too excited with the name. How do you get clients to take part in optimization or uh, maintenance care? Oh, nice. Well, again, I think um, I think it's it's you know a big part of our role as a professional is to you know to be honest with people and to educate them on how the body works and you know why they've come into the clinic in, in the first place like let's say someone that's never gotten treatment before you know they've they're in their i don't know whatever in their 30s let's say and um they've played sports they've done all these things and they don't understand why they're in pain now and how tall so, are they so they're five nine and a half okay. weight yeah. roughly 172 and a bmi of 14. Four, four, oh, it's pretty athletic okay pretty athletic okay good and uh capricorn Okay, good. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe like a biochemist or engineer. An engineer. Oof. Okay. So we could have a whole separate podcast on that. Yes. On that. We could do the languages of the uh, professions, right? How That's do you one. speak to different professionals? That'd be a good podcast. Write that one down. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so, yeah, number one uh, is, again, is the whole education part of. Why did they get to this point in time of being in pain and all that as well, right? So it's explaining how the body works and how we adapt and compensate over time with traumas, with falls, with you name it, stress and all this aging and everything else too. Uh, so how do you get them to kind of buy into this the maintenance thing, which, you know, again, like what we, we have a lot of clients that come in that do maintenance programs where you know, they might come in a few times a year to, uh, to some of them come in a little bit more. It really depends again. And how I explain it is how much do you do on your own? So the responsibility always goes back on the client, you know, whether or not they want to take that responsibility or not is another question, but it's our duty to explain it to them and why their body's reacting a certain way. What could benefit them, uh, from our standpoint and how we can contribute to their health. Uh, is is our job we need to tell them like listen you tend to do all these different things i could see from treating you for a while now that you know you might want to pop in here for one or two visits a year just to make sure that we kind of you know give you a good tune-up uh and that way you'll 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 decrease the percentage of chance of you getting back into this predicament again 
So obviously with some suggestion too of what can you do outside of here to make it such that you don't have to be in here all the time. But it's, I think it's really key for the maintenance program and the, the optimization program. It's you, you gauge it to what the participation of the client is. Yep, right? I agree. Yeah, and so yeah, I would I would say the same. I would I would estimate that almost fifty percent, roughly, of my clientele comes in for optimization care. I would think somewhere in that range. Um, probably actually a little bit more than that. Even I'd say a lot of them come in oh, every yeah. six weeks, eight weeks. Um, initially, I wasn't trying to even do that. Um, it comes uh, quite often. Some of the first clients you'll get that that want this optimization care are people that you have helped recover from a really dire situation. Mm. Someone who came in in, in lots of pain, like a, like a pain that was like an invasion of privacy, right? Where they either couldn't go to work, weren't sleeping at night, like something really big that was like, ooh, really changed their life. And then, you know, conversely, if you can then help them, guide them to rectify that situation, that's that trusting in question one. They're sure. trying to trust you. And, and so quite often, you know, as I'm discussing the phases of care with these people, we talk about, you know, putting the fire out and restoring mobility and gaining their function, functioning back and then back to full health. That's when, you know, we take bigger gaps, right? You send them home. They're doing some, let's say, core work if they go to back and just some core stability work and strengthening uh, and breathing and stuff to, to help them, you know, progress so they can be solo if they want. Um, and it's that discussion we have. Then we're like, okay, well, I don't, uh, quite often they'll say to me, I never want to go back to where I was before. And I'm like, that's fine. That's why we're doing the stuff we're doing. So then we usually then start talking about, well, listen, maybe uh, an optimization or maintenance uh, care is, is good for you. And then, I, but then Kev, I, I do what you do. I, I flip it into, depending on how much they want to put into it, determines how much, how often they need yeah, to sure. come. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then, you know, I'd say of the 50% of people who are, who come in as, let's say, maintenance or optimization i also have a large portion of those individuals who are very active that are like weekend warriors that they they're not coming necessarily just for maintenance they are coming more for optimization that they want to perform better they want to perform better yeah, yeah. so yes they all have day jobs like we do or most of them but they are competitive in some other aspect of life whether they're doing a sport or whatever anything and they're like you know i'm like you know as i get older i'm not ready to 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 decrease my skill level and decrease my my capacity as an athlete let's call it i want to continue to get better and that's where we have those discussions and you know like sean has said that many times before like you know it's frequency of visits over time right so the more you can kind of get them in will help them prevent them especially someone who's really active let's say they're very big into weightlifting or runners runners are a big one you know you can run 10k or less and for the most part you can be okay yeah but if you're someone who runs you know, up towards a half marathon, let's say, let's not even talk about marathon, but even just getting to half marathon, that whole training regimen changes everything. So sure. some little simple biomechanical thing that most people who sit at a desk from nine to five, it doesn't disturb their life too much, can turn into something much bigger for someone who's challenging their body a lot. So that's kind of the way I discuss with them. It's very much an open dialogue. I don't tell people they need to come by any stretch of the imagination. I encourage it. Well, I, most I, of the time I, it's them asking. 100%. Yeah, they right. ask me if I get it, which yeah. we all do. Like, I see value in that, right? So I said, listen, yeah. I see it as a value. I don't see it as a luxury at all. Uh, I use the car analogy for a lot of people. Like, yeah. people tend to take a better care of their cars than they do their bodies, but we can trade in a car or get new parts a lot easier than we can. And, you yeah. know, when you explain to them the pelvis being off and how that influences the hip, let's say, and how you can prematurely, you know, wear out your hip or you can get premature disc degeneration because your alignment keeps going off, like, 
you know, again, it's, it's something that happens over a period of years, if not decades, which is what I tell them. But nonetheless, yeah. there's a reason why people break down, other ones don't, and there's no guarantees in anything. But we're big on stacking the odds in our favor. So I just think it's uh, it's it's all about communication. It's all about being honest, and mm. and then typically, like you said, Kev, they they tend to ask. Yeah. Well, I don't want to go back to that again. So, you know, I was thinking I'd want to come in. What do you think if I come in every you know couple months? I said that's a great idea. You know. Yeah, for me, I same thing, you know, like I, for sure there's that that aspect of coming in I mean, in terms of a, a treatment. I think the uh, two main uh, things I'll try and cover as well are the uh, what are the tools or, or tricks they can learn to optimize their uh, autonomic nervous system. Yep. So that's one biggie I talk about all the time. So for, for those of you listening, this is something that is such an important tool for someone to learn. So you can talk about techniques like meditation, like breathing technique, just taking walks in nature a little bit more often, being grounded that way is so huge to decrease the gap between the sympathetic parasympathetic activation in order to allow someone to heal uh, more readily, right? That's one. Two, the mindset required for that, you know? Like, if someone's going back and... I'll, I'll try and make it simple for people. Like, pay attention to how you speak to yourself. You know, these are key factors in why someone gets in this predicament in the first place, right? And they'll start noticing, like, holy crap, I'm pretty shitty with myself. You know, like, I say, like, oh, uh, I shouldn't have done that, and why am I doing this? And I've know, been known to do that in the golf course a couple of times. <laughs> well, I think everyone does. But <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> so I think it's key to build, start building that language with your client to make them understand that the the way they perceive things and see uh, their reality is so uh, intertwined with how their biology is responding. So this is a, such a key factor that you can give them uh, to have an advantage over the biology of the body where they can bring it into another direction and not always stay in the same kind of like degradative kind of positioning, right? So you want to make sure that they understand that. And that, that might be hard for some people to understand, but you'd be surprised how many people get it. And they they really like you know what you, I I did notice I made note of it this week and I'm brutal like I talk to myself like uh so then you know to correct themselves and to have like more of an idea of like well how would I want to behave and how what would I want to do to feel better about myself well all these things contribute to the wellness and well being of that person so uh, I think we can give an added touch if we start talking about things like that and giving them some advantages into to not coming back as fast into their their uh, cr chronic issues that they were suffering from in the first place. It's a great point. I think that is uh, that negative talk and, and just when you can open them up into different aspects that we can cover as an osteopath and how truly holistic we get, I mean, it's almost contagious, right? They want to be For there. Sure. They want to be surrounded by it. They feel better. They walk out. Even if they do come in and they're like, well, there's not really anything that's really wrong with me this time. I'm like, perfect. We're going to work on some different stuff we don't always get a chance to do. Mm. Whether it's working more in the field or more fluidically or, or more just talking, right? Like, uh, uh, that's it's very exciting and they and they tend to, to love it and want to come back, right? I think what happens too, this is for, for those of you building a business, you know, like, and this is kind of where we've started heading into is this opens the door too to other programs you can offer within your clinic, you know? Yes. So like if you're, you know, wondering like, oh my God, I, I you know, I, I can only treat so many people a day and do this and, and then, okay, maybe I have one associate that's also treating the same number. You can't really treat more. So like, what are some things you can do to bring in more revenue into the clinic? Well, then when you start talking about, okay, well, 
perhaps uh, I take a course on teaching people how to breathe properly, or perhaps I uh, give a little lectures, uh, online lectures uh, that people can subscribe to for uh, optimization of the autonomic nervous system. Uh, like Negative self-talk and what that does to your body. Right, Anything. mindset thing. Yep. So, you know, this can open a door some, to creating some pretty fun programs if that's something that you're, you're interested in and want to make some more revenue in the clinic. So and it's just something different. And right? it's fun. And it's fun, exactly. It's really fun, yeah. Nice. Well, all right. So that's the uh, first segment of Ask Me Anything. I don't know. It was kind of uh, pretty smooth without Sean here. Maybe oh people want to comment and maybe leave some comments in the post. Like, Yeah, should we keep Sean? You know, is he just like dead weight? <laughs> <laughs> he is heavier than both of us, though. <laughs> well, we maybe not after his haircut. <laughs> that's true. That's a lot of curls, for sure. Uh, no, that was great. So, uh, listen. So, like I said at the start of the at the start of the podcast. So, if any of you guys have any questions you'd like us to answer, uh, we certainly plan on doing this segment again. In fact, we have a couple more in the bank already for the next one. Um, like I mentioned before, you can hit us up uh, uh, on the Osteo Connection podcast. You can find us uh, at osteomentorship.com. Uh, an advanced mentorship for osteopaths on Facebook or any one of our individual LinkedIn profiles. Uh, we are excited to hear any comments you guys have for us and would love to uh, answer other questions that maybe might come your way. Awesome. So until next time, take care, everybody. We'll see you next week. Ciao. See you later. Ciao. Thanks for checking out this episode. We hope you learned something or not. And if you haven't already, subscribe here to the Osteo Connection wherever you're listening. And hey, it would mean the world to us if you would rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. And if you're still listening at this point, thanks, Mom. And if you're offended how much we've made fun of Jason, tune in next week and be sure to share with a friend.